This episode of The Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Rendine Consulting. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand, and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love our undefeated basketball team and hate Signetti, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Pittsburgh Sports Now. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, and. Pitt is officially a basketball school again. We're back. We're back. Oh, it feels good, baby. Pitt Pitt played an overmatched mid-major and beat them by 30, and I cared more about it than a Pitt football win over a ranked opponent. Yeah, that game was so boring. Pitt won. Didn't look very good. But they won, and it was a ranked team. So I just keep telling myself, "Yeah, Pitt beat a ranked team over the weekend," and leave it at that. So we're gonna start getting into. We're actually gonna lead off this week with basketball, uh, something I never thought would happen in the history of the Loyal Suns. Um, and we were joined by our colleague at Pittsburgh Sports Now, uh, George Michalowski, who was able to. Uh, dig in pretty pretty well with us on that uh big win monday night so uh, we're gonna go ahead and send it to that and then pat narduzzi's team gets there a uh, m- couple minutes in the sun capable faithful coming back we are joined now by george michalowski Pitt basketball writer for Pittsburgh Sports Now, which makes you our co-worker. Um, so this entire conversation is under the umbrella of, of uh, HR approval. Um, so keep that in mind. George, lo- let me ask you this first before we get into the uh, big opening win um, against UT Martin. Um, I'm going to pull your Pitt basketball card real quick. Have you? Are you a lifelong Pitt fan, or uh, is this just a job you uh, came into by sheer bad luck? Yeah, so first off, thanks for having me on, fellas. Big fan of of the Loyal Suns show. I guess now the Capel Faithful show for today. Um, saw the the Twitter update, but uh, yeah. So so I have not been around Pitt, uh, my whole life. You know, um, this is my third year writing for Pittsburgh Sports now, so I've just been here since then. So uh, I miss the the Kevin Stallings era. I missed the Jamie Dixon era, Ben Howland, everything in between. So. Um, I've been here since I believe Capel's second season. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's when I got started. Whenever you said you missed the stalling years, I was gonna say, oh, lucky you, but I guess you <laughs> missed all the good stuff too. So. Oh yeah. People, I think last night in the, in the press conference room after the UT Martin game, people were saying like, oh, you weren't here for the, the Kevin Stallings era. Lucky you exactly that. 
because um, we were talking just while we wait for the players, all the media guys kind of um, just talk about whatever, you know, while we're waiting. So um, I was like, no, I think that would have been a fun season to cover because they all share, like you guys all share in the experience of being that low. Like that's something that's, that's something to talk about. That's something that's, I mean, I think it's objectively hilarious um, to talk about that year, but uh, yeah, I, I was not here for that. I, I guess it is a blessing that I wasn't covering them then. Yeah. You think it's objectively hilarious because you weren't here for it. Don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. It's funny in hindsight, you would have been, just as you would have been more miserable than all, all of us us because we can turn the tv off whenever we want you <laughs> would have had to sit there and take your damn medicine right right so yeah you're right you're right i'm lucky i'm lucky i was not <laughs> was not covering them then look man stallings last year here was my senior year of college and you gotta think i'm a lifelong pit fan that's like the first team i ever fell in love with four years old brandon knight julius page all these guys i finally get to the university of pittsburgh and as a student i'm sitting in class and not even skipping class to go to games because it wasn't even worth it so it was uh quite the drop from grace that they had uh at the at the end there it's a shame man it's uh it's it's kind of like i mean the last few years obviously haven't been that low but like you said skipping class it's like pitt's I guess to to tell Pitt fans or people who haven't paid too much attention to them over the past two, three years, when they asked me, you know, what's the team like this year? I guess I would call it they're worth skipping your class if you're a student. <laughs> that's that's how I'd gauge them through one game. So it's um, a great barometer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um it's a, it's a the bare minimum, but especially for a school with the tradition like Pitt, but um, yeah, man, I'm excited to, to cover this season to get into, uh, you know, all things pit hoops with you guys. Well, since you already touched on it, uh, this team, this year's team is worth skipping class for. We went to the game last night, me and Squid did. David, he, he's not quite back on the bandwagon just I, yet. I watched it. I have I have some some stuff. I have a brother getting married on uh, Saturday. I have to give a speech. It is not finished yet. So that was don't pull my pit card just yet. Don't pull my fanhood just yet. I had stuff going on. Okay, so this team is skip class worthy, but not skip wedding preparation worthy. So that's, that's where we're at. Somewhere really- in between. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that, that's a fair benchmark. All right. So we know where we're at with it, but I have to say, George, I'm kind of excited. I'm probably a little too excited for one and zero against a low major team, a team at the Ohio Valley Conference, but. This team feels a little bit different than the last couple of years. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the thing with this team is they're fun to watch. You know, the last few years, guys were playing out of position. Uh, they were winning, but when when they won, I should say, they were winning ugly. Um, and, and I know that's such a generic term to use in sports, but Capel would always talk about, you know, dragging the other team in the mud. And and you guys watched those games over the past few years. They were deep in the mud when they would when they would win those games. Um, you know, we saw some really low scoring, uh, you know, games. So this year's team is, is different. They shot 41 threes last night. Like, that's fun to watch. They were chucking. Like, you got Blake <laughs> Hinson. Blake Hinson's coming in, and he's another guy I'll get into in a second. But he's coming in and shooting from, you know, five six feet beyond the three-point arc like uh, he didn't make them all from back there what he went four of 12 from three last night but 
having a guy, a transfer that nobody knows about that can shoot 12 threes and, and look confident and make you think that everyone's going in um, is, is fun. And in addition to Hinson, obviously, uh, John Hughley is going to be a beast again this year. He's going to be a, um, a huge presence, all ACC caliber, big man. Um, you guys watch him. He's another fun guy to watch. You know, he can dominate teams. Last year, he had a double team on him every game. So it's like Hughley's more fun. Hints in the transfers. Greg Elliott, he can shoot threes, something they didn't have last year. Um, and then Nelly Cummings, great hometown kid story. So I'm sure if you guys are lifelong Pitt fans, you know, a guy like Nelly coming in is uh, and enough to get you to go to some games, enough to get you in the stands for that home opener, you know. Um, so they've got a lot of fun pieces, uh, you know, Nike Samandi coming back from the ACL injury. So um, I think they are more exciting as a group. Um, individually, they're more talented than last year. I know um, Jeff Capel got some heat last year at the end of the year for saying his team wasn't talented enough. His guys didn't have, uh, you know, the right level of talent to be there. But um, you know, they, they are more talented this year. Um, he said that, and, and we can see it through that one game, the two exhibition games. Although, like you said, they were against, uh, low, lower levels of competition, but, um, they do, they look a lot more fun this year. I think it's a good point you brought up there. Something that I noticed this year versus the last couple of years, and this is such a low bar to, uh, clear, <laughs> but over the last few years, we'd have guys starting or in our rotation heavily that did not belong in the ACC. No offense to them. Thank you for your time, but you, they weren't. Thank you for your service. ACC level. Last <laughs> night, everyone who played looked like they belonged and could be uh, a force in the ACC. So that was reassuring. They were winning games because they were good, not because they were making it ugly and winning like 50 to 47. Right. And some of the guys even like you, I agree. Like they, they all look like they're ACC caliber guys. Um, except for I'd say in the beginning, I don't think the Diaz Graham twins are ready yet. Um, they're, but again, they're so exciting to watch. But they're fun. They're, um, that goes right. back there. They're just fun. Fun is most <laughs> important. They're hilarious. They, they were doing the, the Kenby Matumbo like finger wag after a block when they were up by 30. Um, like everyone went crazy for that. That's, that's why you stay till the end of the game now to see these seven foot tall twins from Spain just block the hell out of some like bench warmer from a low major team um so yeah this team's a lot more fun uh they've got a you know a better talent level you know in that locker room and uh they they're really excited for this year all right so let's take a look forward now what are your realistic expectations i know it's a little bit hard to judge because we've played two PSAC schools and <laughs> ut martin who didn't look very good at all uh, what do you think a reasonable expectation should be for a pitch fan who maybe is just getting back on the bandwagon. Yeah. So my prediction um, before the season started was 18 and 13 uh, going eight and 12 in the ACC. So I was a bit higher on Pitt than some of the other beat writers uh, were. They were, you know, looking more in the 500 range, maybe a game or two below or above 500. Uh, but I haven't been 18 and 13. I think they can, uh, you know, push some good ACC teams to the brink. I don't think they're going to, really have too much success playing those Dukes, Carolinas, Virginias at all. I mean, they beat Carolina last year, so who knows, but um, those teams have as much talent as legitimately any team in the country um, at the top of the ACC mark. So I think they'll compete towards the middle back end of the conference. Um, I think the hope is obviously an NCAA tournament appearance. That would be, I don't want to put a ceiling on anyone, but I, I think 
it could be a, it would be a really 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 good outcome for Pitt to make the NCAA tournament even if they didn't win a game there um, I think that would make everyone including you guys very happy um, but realistically you know I, I think there is a shot I, I think if they go win you know 18 to 21 22 games they'll be on that near that bubble at least for a postseason tournament um, I know some people Mike Bukovkin um, PSN had them going to the NIT that's that was what he thinks so uh, I think a postseason tournament's the goal uh, for this team. And, uh, you know, obviously be as good as you can be in the ACC. Uh, but there's a lot of wiggle room, like in the conference. So there's top three teams. I thought Florida State was going to be the fourth best team in the conference. And they lost to, I think, Stetson last night. Um, so have you heard of Stetson before last night? Uh, I, I, no, I don't think I have. That's I think I actually, I think I made an edit for some kid like committing out of the transfer portal, going to Stetson. So. <laughs> Um, that's about, I've just seen their logo before, but, um, yeah, there's an example, like the, the middle half of this, the middle group of this conference is kind of up and down. So, you know, if Pickett's hot plays at the potential, um, you know, they'll be an exciting team to watch, you know, all year long. So question for the class, um, did last night's performance at all change everyone's outlook on the, you know, potential of this team? You know, did you think that this was a potential ceiling NCAA tournament team before last night or, or are we all a little bit excited because Pitt won a game by 30 that they were favored to win by eight? I am drinking the Kool-Aid fully, but a little too much. I thought the NIT would be great. I think last week on the show, we said we would make our own parade if we made the NIT just because it's a postseason tournament and we haven't even came close to that recently. But in years past, Pitt has lost openers. We've looked bad in openers against bad teams. So the fact that they came out and looked this competent and exciting without their best player, I think people are kind of forgetting how good John Hughley was because it's been so long. He was one of the best players in the ACC last year. When we get him back, I think we can hang around with basically any team in the ACC, aside from, like you said, the Duke UNCs. The ACC didn't look too hot last night. They they struggled with some low major teams, too. So the fact that we won by that much makes me think we can steal some wins, maybe raise that ceiling by maybe two, three extra wins than we initially thought. My change in perception is I didn't realize how good Henson was going to be. And I don't, once again, I don't want to overrate it up one game, but, you know, he went for 28 in the first half of the Edinburgh exhibition game. And then last night to come out and go 27, 13 and squid. We were talking about it at the game. I didn't realize how big he was. Like he's six, seven, but he's put the, he's a brick shit house. And like, he was a menace on the boards. Yeah. And <laughs> I just didn't realize what kind of impact he would make. I knew I look, you know, he averaged 10 a game at Ole Miss a couple years ago. He's been outside of division one for a couple years now, but that's a dude where I really just, he was more of an afterthought for a lot of pit fans. I would say, you know, George, you cover the team a little more closely. You might've seen this coming, but I think for me, I'm like, Oh, we have another dude, another potential, a, a John Hughley. We said, John Hughley is the best player. Who knows? Blake Henson might end up being the best player on this team. Yeah, I, I cannot claim that I uh, saw that coming. You know, I think after the two exhibition games, everyone was like, whoa, like like you said, Hinson could be one of the best players, if not the best player on this team this year, um, especially if Hugo gets a lot of attention down low. Um, but yeah, he was out for those two seasons. You can't really expect anything from a guy. Um, you know, it's not like there were videos of him on social media, like dominating scrimmages or anything while he was out. 
Um, there was really not much. I think there were a couple Ole Miss highlight reels from his freshman sophomore year. Um, but there there wasn't much that we knew about Henson. I think John Rothstein was the first one that really kind of uh, raised the antenna when he tweeted out when he came to pit practice uh, to to buy stock in Blake Henson. Um, so yeah. I, I think he's he's going to be much better than we initially thought just because we didn't know anything about this kid. Um, and he's also, I don't know if you guys watched the press conference um after the game last night, but yeah, um, yeah. he's also a pretty funny uh, interview press conference guy. So um, he's a really, he's a man of few words, um, but you know, he's a funny guy. He's got a good personality on the court. You know, he'll get an N one. He'll flex over you. Like you said, he's huge. Um, wears like the tightest shooting sleeve on the team. So, uh, so yeah, he's, he's a fun player for sure. So you're saying we should get him on the show. Yes. 100%. You should uh, try. Me and Dylan <laughs> noticed this. Him and Greg Elliott were very fired up. They were all about the Oakland Zoo. After every big play, they were chest bumping, high five, and like hyping up the bench. And that's another reason why we're excited. These guys all want to be here. I'm sure they all want to win because this is their last hurrah. They're all transfers. Mm-hmm. They're all uh, upperclassmen. So it's a good thing to have in your back pocket as opposed to the last couple of years where it's like, can these freshmen uh, tread water enough in ACC play for a full year? Well, immediately after the dust up with Parker Stewart, he immediately, instead of like getting back into it and going back after Stewart, he just walked over to the zoo and started like pumping them up again. And uh, Greg Elliott was doing the same thing, instigating the UT Martin bench and getting in players ears like <laughs> there, there's a bit of an edge there. And obviously that's easy to do when you're up. Can a, can a team do that in a close game? Can you play with that same type of edge? But even early in the game, I think it was after the first TV timeout or the first timeout that UT Martin took, uh, those two, Elliot and Henson, came out and were just chest bumping and getting like getting in their teammates' ears. Like It's a it's kind of a swagger and an energy that Pitt's, Pitt's been missing the last few years for sure. Yeah, I know, George, you are all over the portal. You, I'm sure you look into hundreds and hundreds of guys going to and from schools. I kind of gave up on the portal because it hasn't any good luck with Capel bringing guys in. Everyone we bring in, they look okay, but they've come from lower levels and then they get here and they aren't what you expect. So I didn't get my hopes up. I thought Henson might be okay. Greg Elliott, who knows he's a shooter. I didn't think Federico Federico would do anything. I thought name's so nice you say it twice. Yeah, I thought we'd be lucky if he was Terrell Brown, but Already all three of those guys look like solid players. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Federico was a, a Juco guy and he was actually committed to West Virginia. So revenge game on Friday, uh, wow. Federico revenge game coming up on Friday. So he was committed to West Virginia, um, junior college player. I talked to some, you know, Juco recruiting scout um, and right. This was like right before Federico committed to Pitt. Um, and I was like, hey, like, what's this kid's deal? You know, I saw he was committed to West Virginia, but there wasn't much at all about him online. You know, he's not ranked anywhere. He's uh, probably got one or two videos from uh, his Juco on YouTube, just of some highlights. But obviously, like, that competition is nowhere near Division One um, for most of the time in Juco. Uh, so you never know what you're going to get. But um, I really liked what I saw from Federico these, you know, past three games, I guess, the past one game, we'll, we'll only talk about the regular season matchup, but um, you know, Jeff Capel said, you know, he's a rim runner. He's athletic. Uh, he can, you know, 
have set picks for guys and and kind of dunk and he, he Jeff Capel it wasn't like he downplayed Federico at all um I think he just wasn't going to get too ahead of himself after he posted two double doubles in the exhibitions um so when he said that and plus what I've heard from the Juco guys you know over the summer I didn't expect too much out of Federico during the regular season um I think he's physically and you know um, you know, just physically in his game, his skill set are more ready than the the Diaz grand brothers. Um, so I think he'll get an opportunity, especially with John out. Um, he's going to get an opportunity down low. And I think against UT Martin, he showed it. You know, he can he can dunk the ball. He can throw down lobs and uh, he can set picks for Nelly Cummings all day. And, and if that's what Pitt is going to use him for, then that's perfect. He can play that role perfectly. And uh, I talked to Nick Faribault last night. Um, another Pittsburgh sports now guy, he's doing the, the radio um, for WPTS last night. And he was like, is, is he already better than Terrell Brown looked while at Pitt? Like kind of like what you were saying. So um, it's, it's interesting with, with Federico. Um, and his interview also was, was funny. You know, after the game, he said some along the lines of uh, someone asked him like, Hey, how do you think you did tonight? What'd you do? Well. And, and he kind of said, he's also made a few words an international guy. He said, you know, Hey, I set picks, I dunk, and I run the floor. That's it, or something like that. Um, so he's he's sticking to you know his role, and if he can set good screens against any other you know guards that are defending on Nelly Cummings on Jamarius Burton, and then they can drive and kick it right back to him, he's going to be good in the pick and roll. So I'm not going to act like I know too much about the X's and O's of his role, but. Um, if, if you listen to what he said, I think he can, he can play his role pretty well. I mean, he dunked the ball a few times and didn't drop any passes. So I'd say he's like on par with Terrell Brown already. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to ask Terrell Brown was the one that couldn't catch a pass into the block to save his life. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I just refreshing my memory. Well, I, w- I will say with Federico too, he, he was more of a lob threat than I had anticipated. He was really good, like we said, catching the ball, but playing with guards like Cummings and Jamarius Burton, uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunities of that. And we'll see what John Hughley's looking like. I know uh, I've heard he's gotten a little bit better of shape, but he's not, I don't think he's going to go up and get those lobs quite like Federico was last night. So definitely, even if you can do that as a big at that size um, can, can provide enough offense and then the length and energy he was bringing on defense. I think think he can be a useful player, even when John Hughley comes back. Yeah. I think it'll be huge when Hughley gets back. Uh, I don't think UT Martin had any big men to write home about. So uh, once we start playing the, the power five D one teams, maybe keep them off the bench, give us some energy give us a one lob a game couple rebounds check out perfect right yeah as a as a sophomore coming out of juco that's perfect that's that's exactly that's the best you could imagine for piz a solid bench guy who knows if they'll put him alongside hugley that could be fun but i don't think they have the depth down low to really do that too much um but yeah he's he's gonna have his hands full while john's out and uh john was cleared yesterday i don't know if you guys heard after the game but um, he hasn't practiced in six weeks or so. It didn't sound like he was going to be 100% for the West Virginia game uh, for these games coming up. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, Federico, another really fun piece to this pit team. So if you had to guess when we'd be seeing John Hughley on the the, uh, the court again, 
I mean, I think he'll play a bit in the West Virginia game. I, I, I that's just based off of you know listening to Jeff Capel's tone and uh, what he said. Obviously, that he was cleared to start practicing again. Sorry, um, but I, I really don't know. You know, he was wearing a brace a few days ago. He just got out of the brace, I think, last night or a couple of days before that. Um, he he was shooting around on the court, but. Going full go against a team like West Virginia, who's going to pressure the hell out of you, um, beat you up down low. You know, they've got some big guys that are really tough. So it's going to be tough for me to say that John will be a full go for West Virginia. Um, after that, I, I think you'll see him play in Brooklyn. You know, that should be that's kind of where I think, um, obviously, just based on what they've said so far, I think Brooklyn is a good, you know, time for him to look at and say, Hey, I want to be back. I want to be John Hughley, you know, by then. Um, but who knows, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if he went crazy on Friday night against West Virginia, because it's the biggest game, uh, you know, perhaps of the year um, early on, he's coming back from injury. He, we talked to him, you know, on just buckets podcast, uh, you know, about a month ago and he was so pumped, uh, you know, to get into this season. Um, and actually the day we recorded that podcast, he got hurt. So um sad story there you know obviously getting hurt in practice before this big season he's supposed to have he's all pumped up for it um but yeah we'll see when he gets back in um he's he's gonna be huge for Pitt. i really hope he's back for brooklyn because we take on michigan up there and oh, i yeah. think i think if hunter dickinson puts his elbow into uh, guillermo's chest guillermo might just <laughs> snap in half yeah snap in half combust <laughs> on the spot so uh as much as they as good as they looked against UT Martin, we're gonna need some of uh Hughley's weight out there to counteract Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a big matchup. Hunter Dickinson, I think he had what 22 and 13 last night or something. That's just getting started. He's an all-American guy. He's that's gonna be a good one. You guys going out to Brooklyn? That'd be I sweet. I don't think I'll be making the trek to Brooklyn as much as I am back on the pit hype train. Uh that that <laughs> pit road trips for basketball might be a little out of the a little far <laughs> down the road right now but after I louisville be. i don't think we want to go on any pit trips <laughs> yeah yeah and also psn doesn't uh send us anywhere you know that's all that's all out of pocket i can put in a good word for you guys we'll see what i can do <laughs> get you on the uh the travel budget but <laughs> that'd be great we'll just hop in the car with you yeah but, seriously uh, uh, so probably won't make it to Brooklyn, but I will be down in Oakland on Friday night. So we do want to talk a little bit more about the brawl. What are you thinking? Uh, I know before last night, I was kind of leaning towards, you know, Pitt could be staring down the barrel of a one and three start. But I don't know. I feel pretty good about Friday night. I think we might go down there and beat the Hoopies. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it'll be a close one. I think it'll be really intense. Obviously, like last year's game was like still the most intense game um on that pit schedule even though pit lost by i think 15 uh down in morgantown i remember femi otakali almost um got started a brawl on the court um so the intensity was there it'll be there tonight uh or on friday night i should say um but i think it'll actually be a close game you know west virginia is not the west virginia that we've seen in the past it's not like they're going to be um, you know, super scary to uh, this pit team, I would say. I don't know if that's gonna like fire up West Virginia fans watching this, but um, I, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, no, seriously, all the no. all the Mountaineer fans that listen to the Loyal Sons, <laughs> right? Yeah, 
no, but they're, they're just, they're a new team also. They're like Pitt. They've got a bunch of new guys. Um, you know, they're led by Emmett Matthews, who was obviously like a Mountaineer for three seasons, went home to Washington for a year and came right back. Um, he had a good game, you know, in their first game of the year. Um, they've got Trey Mitchell, Pittsburgh guy. Um, obviously the, the big man transfer, he's like six, nine. I saw he hit a couple threes last night. So, um, they're, they're a good team. They're obviously coached by hall of famer, uh, hugs over there. So, um, it's going to be a good game. They're going to be well coached. Uh, I, I do think Pitt's definitely got a chance. It's not like Pitt doesn't have a chance in this game. I think it'll be a really competitive, uh, matchup. I'm, I'm curious to see what the spread will be too. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if you guys have. I was just looking for it. Uh, I couldn't find it on ESPN, but um, FPI had it as essentially a toss-up. 53% chance West Virginia wins, which, I mean, statistically, when you look at those models, is meaningless. It's a it's a toss-up. So I imagine the lines can be close to a pick em. I'll right. say this. Pitt hung around last year. West Virginia was definitely more talented. Something else that played a big factor. Femi Odekali was the only guy on our team who could bring the ball up the court, and he could – barely do that with all the pressure right. so the fact that we have basically four ball handlers on the court at all times if Hinton's up there he seemed like he would be a capable guy to lead fast breaks things like that uh that'll be a huge swing uh in our favor to make it a little bit more even this year and i i get need a pit win we're gonna be going i remember i went to the backyard brawl the last time the hoopies came up to the peat and not gonna lie a lot of mountaineer fans it was like their vision of what the football game would be like, and they were wild. So I don't know if I can endure another game like that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, that I know. Remember the whole football stadium? Uh, what they say they're gonna have seventy five percent of the <laughs> the fans there or something. They might have seventy five percent of the Pete Friday night. That's that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna start circulating here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, should we should leak that one. They'll buy 75% of the tickets off of the third most popular third-party ticket vendor, um, not counting season tickets or anything bought in the city of Pittsburgh. So I'm sure ESPN will love the run with that, and uh, Pat Narduzzi will chase them around with a hammer again. Rightfully so. Absolutely. Well, I am now significantly more excited about this game on Friday than I was two days ago. Um, I, I can probably say the same for you guys. So you might actually have something fun to cover this year. There we go. Yeah, I, I'm excited for Friday's game. I think it'll be intense. It'll be a good one to watch. A lot of talent on that court and Pitt plays their potential. Uh, I think you guys will be in for a good night in Oakland. Oh, I think we all will. So uh, we, we appreciate you coming on and getting us all excited about it. Would you like to uh, tell us about the podcast that you also do through Pittsburgh Sports Now a little bit? Let's let's get some of that, uh, you know, crossover with the Loyal Suns going. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, I started Just Buckets podcast. It's with Jamarius Burton uh, on the Pitt team. And, and we started talking about that this summer. Um, we really, you know, had the idea at PSN to, to have a, a podcast, you know, with the player. Thought it'd be good insight throughout the season, before the season, everything like that. Um, then I started talking to Jamarius, you know, obviously one of the senior leaders on the team, graduate student leaders on the team, uh, you know, second leading scorer last year. Um, so he was a guy that we singled out. We said, hey, uh, and then he was interested. Obviously, he's big into all the NIL things. He's he's really, um, you know, attacked 
um, NIL, this whole situation, you know, aggressively, he's gone out and got deals, uh, you know, gone out and got sponsors for the show. Um, you know, they sponsor our show. They also give him a deal. So it's worked out really cool on that end. Um, and he's great on camera. He's great on the show. We, we did two interviews already. Greg Elliott and John Hughley, uh, joined us, which was awesome. Uh, talked to John for the first episode. It was a great show. Talked to JB about himself. Um, so that's, it's been really fun. It's been a lot of work, but, um, we do have an exciting announcement coming up soon. Uh, we've, we've been a little quiet for about a month here, but, um, you know, obviously would have wanted to have a couple more episodes out before the season, but, um, we have another exciting announcement update for the show coming soon, uh, you know, in terms of location and, uh, some of that other stuff that, that we'll get out here pretty soon. So, uh, I'm excited. We're going to be talking to, uh, you know, hopefully all the guys on the pit team as guests, um, this year. And then, uh, you know, JB and I'll get into breaking down the games, you know, towards the middle of the end of the season. Uh, so it's going to be really fun. Obviously, uh, it can be second to the loyal sons on your podcast watch list, everyone out there, uh, because I know <laughs> how good a job these fellas do. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for, uh, for that update coming soon. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be a blast. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us and everybody go listen like subscribe George's show listen to him and Jamarius Burton uh get a little bit of insight on this pit season which is uh sure to at least be an entertaining one there you go all right Always thanks, guys. thank you guys for having me I really appreciate it absolutely George we appreciate it man hail to pit see you later hail to pit man are you or someone you know looking for work in a recession-proof industry are you someone that's interested in things like Having health care, having a 401k, immediate PTO accrual, an employee assistance program, and referral bonuses. Our newest sponsor, Haddad Accelerated Delivery, an Amazon delivery partner, is looking for safety-minded and dependable drivers to join their delivery service team. Be a part of a company that will encourage self-ownership and award bonuses based on exceptional safety and delivery efforts. This is the ideal gig for individuals seeking full-time work or students interested in making some pretty good money during breaks. If you or someone you know is safety-focused, hardworking, organized, efficient, and team-oriented, text HADD to 464 646 to apply. I understand that that is an impossible string of letters and numbers, so here it is again. That's H A D D to 464 646. For a job that's the total package, get it? Because, like, it's uh, deliveries. Hat at Accelerated Delivery is the place for you. Not to be forgotten, the Pitt Football Panthers also had a game in the past few days. Uh, John Dillon, tell me about what you saw on Saturday. A lot of running. A lot of running the football. That was a three-hour college football game. It might have went a little bit over, but those are damn near extinct nowadays. I will say, getting out of the stadium within three hours was kind of nice. I hate to wish away any college football, but sometimes 
you don't need to be sitting in Heinz Field for four and a half hours to watch Pitt. You didn't enjoy the five-hour backyard brawl marathon. That was the exception. Yeah. But, yeah. but then doubling that back-to-back with the Tennessee game that took four and a half hours, uh, that was that was rough. But it the trade-off was the game was unbelievably, incomprehensibly boring. I thought yeah. I forgot big chunks of the game. We had some adult beverages before the game. I'm like, wow, did I forget what happened? Did I miss that? No, nothing happened. That's why. There were some sacks, which was nice. There were some rushing touchdowns. That was okay, per usual. But aside from that... Unfortunately, the plays I remember the most vividly were Slovis's interception and then Jared Wayne's interception. <laughs> And the two-yard punt. A two-yard punt. That even almost slipped my mind a little bit. This is a lot of bitching for a uh, home win against a ranked opponent, may I say. I'm not even bitching. I'm just acknowledging that this is what I remembered from this Saturday. We just no, named... Yeah, I mean, you aren't wrong. Just, I'm just saying. We just named a quarterback throwing an interception, a jump ball to a backup tight end, a botched snap and a punt that went two yards and then a just unbelievable play call where they had Jared Wayne throwing the ball across the field 40 yards and pit one by 10 without the best running back in the country I listen there, there's a lot we can pick apart about this game but I want to take five seconds to give Narduzzi a little bit of props for Beating a ranked team and beating a ranked team in the style of football that he so desperately wants to play. And we can acknowledge that that was completely unsustainable. One million percent unsustainable. Um, But you got to give credit where it's due. He beat the number 20 team in the country in a rock fight where the defense didn't let up a score. The defensive line looked incredible for the first time since last year, and they just jammed the ball down Syracuse's throat with Rod the God Hammond. Yeah, I I agree. We have to give Narduzzi the props here. That it's game, never going to work again, but yeah. Yeah, that game just felt like the whole time that I felt like Pitt was going to win that entire game. Carlos Del Rio Wilson, backup quarterback for Syracuse, he was bad. He was very bad, and I think they realized that pretty early on. And Narduzzi figured if we can score even 13 points, we're going to win this game because this kid can't do anything against our defense. At which point it would have been 13 to 9. Ah, look at that. That would have been amazing. But Best number. Yeah, but... Uh, like you said, not sustainable, but give them credit. They grinded it out, ran the football, and just played lockdown defense. And at this point, I mean, we're not playing for rankings. We don't need style points. Let's just go out and just win, baby, every week. Yeah, I think uh, we have to give the defense the credit. I thought Pitt had it in the bag, but I figured there would be a late Syracuse touchdown drive on a blown coverage to make it really interesting. But we didn't get one of those, and it was just yeah, uh, run the ball, milk the clock. They'll go three and out again and call it a day. Yeah, I we we do have to give the D-line a, a lot of credit on that game. Um, much maligned this year, um, but 
Deslin Alexander, man, he played a hell of a game. Two and ACC, a half sacks. ACC defensive lineman of the week. Two and a half sacks, a safety. I think he had like seven tackles, and that's just been awesome, you know, from a guy who was hurt. And then even when he got back on the field, um, the impact was, I don't want to say negligible, but I mean, we've, we've talked about our disappointment with the defensive ends this year. Yeah. The whole defense came together. I think the secondary was really solid. Uh, the linebackers looked as good as they've looked all year. Dennis had a signature game where he was in the backfield all day. You talked about the D line and there was just really no threat of Syracuse doing anything. Sean Tucker, another uh, non-factor game against the pit defense. I don't know how we own him as much as we do, but displeased. Yeah, he's not a pleased individual when he comes or when the pit Panthers come to town. He's 0 for 3 against Pitt and being pleased. He uh we have his number, to, to say the least. And it's 34, and you can remember that because of the hashtag pleased spelled P-L-3-4-S-E-D. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's just that's just how you spell it. That's just normal I, college football athlete behavior. Should we make please win shirts with 3-4 since we own it now? Ooh, we haven't we haven't had a, a hot uh, merch dump in a while. We can make a burner account for Syracuse fans and sell them. That'd be that'd be great. Is there a is there a like a Syracuse version of the Loyal Sons? Do Syracuse fans exist? Basketball, yeah, I think. Football though. Some sickos. I'm sure there's some sickos out there. Every every sports journalist in America. Yeah, so overall we are we're pleased with Pitt's performance. Um we do have to say a couple more nice things about Rodney Hammond. Um we we can't just, you know, leave it at that. He is so fun to watch run the football and I can't believe that we just get to keep him for like two more years. Hopefully. Yeah, it's steady. Steady. But he's always keeps his legs moving just consistently 3-4 yards. He is, we are like very close to Narduzzi opting to play Rodney Hammond because Izzy has too many big plays on the ground. Like he's going to start comparing Izzy's. Got to keep the defense off the field, baby. He's going to start comparing Izzy's running style to throwing the football. And then he's just <laughs> going to be like, we we need a guy who doesn't break break so many long runs. We need to hold the ball a little more often. Izzy scoring too quick. Like yeah, we, you know, we aren't that far from Narduzzi just going off the deep end here. Do you know how in late game situations when the running back couldn't score, but they should go down to milk the rest of the clock? Uh, Narduzzi might start telling Izzy to get nine yards and go down right before the sticks, so the clock keeps running and they can get like one more like full play clock worth of time off. Always have one. second and one. Yeah. It it is a little bit frustrating though because I I think his running style and Izzy's running style complement each other so well, or at least they can complement each other so well. But in the two games, that's right, like two games in the back half of the season that they've played, like both both played, um, we have seen, you know, no effort to use them in a way that is uh, visually pleasing or, you know, technically sound. Well, well, it didn't seem like Ronnie Hammond was full go even against Louisville. So hopefully 
Izzy is full go next week, and we have two 100% running backs for the first time since week one. I don't think Pitt knew what they were doing on offense week one uh, with the running backs. I don't know if they knew Izzy was going to be this good or Hammond. Yeah, they were throwing the ball. It was absurd. The shift didn't happen until after that. So now that we are what we are, who knows what we'll expect. Maybe we'll get more Wildcat. Well, once Izzy's back, we can run that Wildcat pistol action that they were running. When they trotted that out, I was like looking around. I thought I was being punked when uh, Vinny Davis lined up behind Rodney Hammond. And I was like, is this is this what Signetti went into the vault this week and pulled out uh, in the game plan? I mean, let's see how many ways we can get different running backs. Soon we're going to be running a wishbone, but or a wing tee, like the old school wing tee, where it's like a snap, like two yards back from the center. We've been over this. Signetti brings out one new offensive trick from 2005 for each game. We had we had the, the Wildcat. We had Slovis closing his eyes and chucking the ball downfield to Jared Wayne. And now we have the Wildcat, but a pistol. I'm hoping that next week he figures out a way to get three running backs on the field like izzy rodney stop talking right now <laughs> all right I'm we're done. editing I'm done. this part out thank you for many ideas sebo showed some flashes yeah Give him was really his nice. flowers that was really nice so it's a deep running back room um it's just a shame that that depth tricked the coaches into thinking that they didn't need to you know, game plan for throwing the ball at any point, you know, scheme our receivers open. Let Slovis yeah. get comfortable. I thought it was funny. Narduzzi said that, oh, yeah, his completion percentage was great. Thought he did a pretty good job. He had a surprisingly good two-minute drive, Keaton Slovis, that is. I don't think any Pitt fan in the stadium thought that they'd be able to march down and get points, but hit a few out routes, uh, bounced back a little bit from that inexplicable Duck to the end zone again. So I, I don't know what was happening with the passing game. No real progress, but it is what it is. Can I can I come to Keaton Slovis's defense real quick? And this is not me being a Keaton apologist, Keaton Slovis apologist or truther or anything like that. But I watched that those first two drives, and it was handoff, handoff. Anything on third down that was more than four yards, play action to two guys running routes. Mm-hmm. What quarterback in the world is supposed to succeed when that is the game plan? Everyone in the stadium knew that they were going to run a play action and he was going to roll to his right. And it didn't fool Syracuse because every single time a guy was in Slovis's mug ready to blow him up. And this, I mean, Interception was terrible. He claims he was trying to throw it away. Going to need a little more arm strength to be able to get that one out of the back of the end zone. But I was watching it, and I'm like, I kind of feel bad for Slovis because he's getting killed, and he is not being put in any type of position to succeed. Can I can I counter that? Go for it. Kenny Minchie watched Keaton Slovis play eight games of football at Pitt and enrolled a semester early. Hey. Kenny just loves uh, the Steel City. Let's let's now. I I hear you. He he probably is licking his shops at maybe maybe taking QB one reps next year. Can we can we start that campaign 
to by the way that news uh first reported by the loyal sons that kenny minji was enrolling early uh but can we can we also be first to the start kenny minji take uh, we are we are more first. fun we aren't first there I've, I've seen it since he's committed but i I'm but we, gonna... can, we can just report it second and then claim we are first to it isn't that how it works I'm going to wishfully think that Kenny Minchie is going to be that good and can start as a true freshman. There's not many of those guys. So as as excited as everyone is, and he was great at the Elite 11, and he's a four-star, there's a lot of four-stars every single year, and most of them can't play. Most of them are never any good, if we're going to be completely honest. Right. Kenny Minchie will be. So, so Kenny Minchie will be. I'm sure of it, but... Mm. To have a guy step in from day one, I mean, we play Cincinnati week two next year. And then we play West Virginia the week after. So they all suck and Kenny's going to carve them up. Hey, I'm just trying to be somewhat of a voice of reason here because I know every every Pitt fan, the second Kenny Minchie steps on campus, he will be proclaimed the starter. I don't know. There might be still some Nate Yarnell fans out there who are just like whoa 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 did we forget about the western michigan game um i mean just a few weeks ago he was he was the savior and they couldn't believe that they weren't getting yarnell ready for next year so i don't know that'll be an interesting qb battle next next camp there's not going to be a qb battle narduzzi's going to name slovis starter day one and we're all just going to be really sad and have something fun to at least talk about stolen from us. Right? Maybe. I don't even know. We're so far past our uh, discussion about the Syracuse game at this point. That's how fun that game was. Yeah. That that we are just completely off track. So what else happened in that game worth talking about? Nothing. Who do we have next week? UVA Cavaliers. Heading on down Charlottesville. Noon kick on the road. Brennan Armstrong. God, I'm nervous again. Yeah. Road to nine and four. Speaking of future games for the senior night game against Duke, uh, we're going to be running a little contest through our sponsor, Guerrero Law. Uh, Guido gave us four of his tickets plus his parking pass in Gold Law 1A. That's some prime real estate. Um, to give off to some of the loyal sons listening to this Uh, again keep an eye or an ear to our social media this week where we will uh, kind of announce what you need to do um, in order to ascertain these tickets in this parking pass and uh, and call Guido if you're ever hurt and you need money for your hospital bills should I just go right into an ad read go for it Panther Nation Have you ever crashed your spin scooter going down Cardiac Hill or got caught in the middle of a massive brawl between the pit football and pit basketball teams? Well, you may not have to pay that hospital bill on your own. If you're hurt in an accident, pick up the phone and call Guido at Guerrera Law. Guido Guerrera is a University of Pittsburgh Law School grad. Pitt superfan, an experienced personal injury attorney who recently started his own practice, and it is 100% free to call him for consultation on your personal injury case. So the next time you, Squid Dylan, help me out here. 
fall down the stairs. At that's one. We definitely have to bleep out the name. Although that's kind of hard because there's only one bar in Oakland. If anything bad happens to you in Oakland or outside of Oakland, call Guido. 412-229-7757 is the number to call if you're hurt and in a pinch. That's 412-229-7757 to call Guido. Guido is licensed in both Pennsylvania and Ohio, and he will get you right with a free consultation uh, on your injury case. You can also contact Guerrero Law at GuerreroLaw.com. That's G-U-R-R-E-R-A. Uh, law is spelled L-A-W, but you probably knew that. Call Guido today. So the Pitt Panthers take on the Virginia Cavaliers in Charlottesville, Virginia this weekend. A noon kickoff. So excited for a noon kickoff so I can get this game out of the way and go on about my day. Anyone else? That's where we are. (laughs) It's going to be ugly. No, it's going to be fun. Sit on the couch and watch the game for a few hours and then go on about my Saturday. So we'll just hop right into it with the sports book, Loyal Sun sports book. We don't have a score update for you this week. We'll get one for you next week. I have to imagine I'm ringing up the rear here. Uh, might, Might be on your tails. I don't know. But if anyone wants to do that math for us, just let us know. If not, I'll do it sometime this week. All Hopefully right. Little Sun's points if you do it for us. There we go. We'll get right into it. So kick it off. We're going to start with something that hasn't happened yet this year. Well, technically, no one on the roster. Will Keaton Slovis throw a touchdown to a wide receiver on the pit roster? Squid, you want to start us out? Yeah, I will start us off by saying no. Jared Wayne got really close last week. But... He was fighting. He stretched out the ball. I thought he was going to get one. We were this close. It felt like I was watching uh, Kenny Pickett again the first couple years when every single time he threw a strike to an open receiver inside the three-yard line, they just got crumpled at, like, the half. Yeah, I'm not feeling confident. I don't think Virginia has that great of a defense, but I think it's just more of a statement about how offense uh, is just so unimaginative. I think there's a better chance that Jared Wayne throws a touchdown pass to another receiver, even after we saw last week. No, I think that that play call was burned, ripped up. Narduzzi said never again. Uh, and unless they trot out a different different passing package for Jared Wayne, but. Uh, I'm going to say yes for the same reason I did last week and that that's eventually I think it has to happen. And for no other reason, because they've given me no confidence other than Jared. I mean, Jared Wayne is putting up a looks good is putting up a sneaky good year and has one touchdown just because uh, the the way this offense is gone. But back to back hundred yard games, just kind of a, a dog. I mean, we knew that already. He did drop a big one this week. Uh, pretty nice strike by Keaton. Don't want to piss off Pitt fans, but Keaton Slovis actually had a really nice throw. But he w- almost got his would have had his head taken off if he would have held on to the ball. 
So you give and you give and you take. But I'm gonna say yes. It has to happen. Hopefully, Jared Wayne scores. And I'm going to say uh, no way. Honestly, at this point, I think if you say yes and get it right, you should get two points. But you, you've already we've already passed that point. Um, no, I just come on, rinse and repeat. He hasn't done it through the eight games that he's played. I aside from Jalen Bart, Jaden time, Jaden Bradley. Yeah, same thing. Also, yeah, Jalen Barden, Jalen Barden, guy who does not play. I don't know what's going on there. We haven't seen him in two weeks or three weeks. Yeah, there's there's got to be something there. I th- was was it one of you guys saying that the few times he has gotten in, he just looks like he's running the wrong routes or something? Or yeah, or Slovis is yelling at him for being on the wrong side of the formation. It's just not not clicking one way or the other. What I will say is one of his family members always retweets stuff about him not playing and not getting opportunity. I would I would bet good money that he's going to be in the portal this offseason. Didn't didn't hear it from me. It's not being reported. This is not on record, anything like that. But I don't know. So if I'm going to lead into the social media investigator role here, I, I would say he's gone. You're telling me he doesn't come back and block on screen passes for Kanate Mumpfield. Weird. For three snaps a game. Yeah. No. Believe it or not. Okay. All right. On to the next one. These are two offensively challenged teams. Have had some, each have had their struggles this season. Over under on the games, right around 40. So do we think either of these teams can go over 21 and a half points on Saturday? Can I, can I start this one off by asking what the hell happened to Virginia? This was this was other than Pitt the best offense in the ACC last year. Do you remember Bernard Armstrong the, was almost leading the country in passing yards? Yeah. Do you remember the beginning of the year when we were going through the schedule and talking about the games we were afraid of? This was one of the ones we circled and just said, Brennan Armstrong's so damn good. He tore us up last year that it could happen again. He has six touchdown passes and ten interceptions. And we'll get to this ferocious quarterback battle on one of the future props, but they brought guys back. Thompson's back. Wicks is back. Their OC left and went to Syracuse. Maybe that's what happened, but also lost their entire offensive line to the transfer portal. I guess that can hurt too, but Tony LA uh, offense ain't looking too sharp his first year up there. No, no. I mean, I gave, I gave Brendan Armstrong a lot of credit at the beginning of the year. You know, I did the whole, I got on my, my soapbox and said, you know, in the era of transfer portals and NIL, I think it's really admirable that, you know, he, he stuck with it through the regime change, tried to offer, you know, his school, the school that gave him a chance, a little bit of stability at this time. No, that kid is an idiot for not transferring. He could have gone almost anywhere in the country. Almost anywhere. Yeah, he was unbelievable last year and probably cost himself some money by by sticking around UVA. I don't think it's crazy to say he could have played himself into like a second round pick if he went somewhere else. And now I'm not seeing him on draft boards. And I look for it. So what do you think? Can they score over 21 and a half points or can Pitt do it? 
It's a, this one's actually a little bit difficult because um, UVA played their best game of the year last year by scoring 28 on UNC and kind of pushing them to the brink. Um, but our defense is a little bit better than UNC's. Did I say UNC or UVA? Now you know what I meant. Um, our defense might be slightly better, more solid than UNC's. Um, I'm going to go under. I, under both, both teams? Both teams. Um, their defense is okay, UVA's is, um, but Pitt hasn't broken two touchdowns since um, the Virginia Tech game when Izzy scored six touchdowns. So I'm just, I'm just playing all the trends. I'm going to say over. I think Pitt will get over 21 and a half, but just by a little bit. I'm not going to tell you exactly what until we throw our score predictions, but I think Pitt will inch over that 21 and a half line just because their defense has looked so good recently. I think they'll force a lot of three and outs again, give the offense enough opportunities. Izzy will be back, I think, seems like. So uh, full steam ahead over 21 and a half for Pitt. David, I do have to fact check you. Pitt did score over two touchdowns when Izzy had three touchdowns when we played UNC. Um, but once again, Izzy scored every touchdown. Either way, it would take three touchdowns this week. That's good good fact check. That was a good fact check. Sorry. <laughs> so either way, we'll have to get probably three touchdowns and maybe a field goal to get over 21 and a half this week. I do think they can do it, and they might even let UVA score over 21.5 points. I, I have no clue which way this game goes, but I have confidence Pitt can outdo their output they had against Syracuse, and I sure hope they do because we said it earlier, it's not sustainable to win how they won this past week, and I hope, I pray that Narduzzi realizes that and that they probably won't win too many more games if, if you can't break the 20 point mark so i'm gonna say someone goes over on on this week on to the next one and this probably will go hand in hand with if they can hit that 21 and a half point mark izzy and rod the hammond will they combine for 165 yards or more over 165 yards 165 and a half is the over under for izzy plus rodney hammond rushing yards I'll start this time. I'm going to go over mainly because I just want to see it. Uh, I don't think the offense has shown any improvements in the passing game. Uh, Signetti hasn't shown any willingness to open it up, even without our best running back, best player. So I think it'll be more of the same that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Ride the running backs. Uh, I don't think UVA's defense is anything special. So run the damn ball. Over 165 and a half. I'm also going over, although this is a difficult one because you're also betting that uh, Izzy suits up this week, and we really haven't heard much about that. I don't know about you guys, but... um, Well, he did suit up last week, and he just didn't go. He he was dressed. He took place in warm-ups. All I can imagine is that was a, I'm going to go out and test out whatever injury he's dealing with you know narduzzi won't tell us whatever he's dealing with i'm gonna go test it out see how i feel and see if i can go and i think he probably just went through warm-ups and said 
Yeah, I don't think I can go today. I kind of think it's a smokescreen when Narduzzi does that. I mean, how many weeks did Hammond dress up before he played? Slovis dressed against Western Michigan. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I don't know if that's exactly indicative, but I'm still going to go over. I agree. You are betting on whether Izzy will play or not. I do think the fact that Izzy was dressed last week leads me to believe that he can go a week later. Um, feels precautionary. If if it's really that bad, I don't think they're trotting you out in a uniform, but I never know with Narduzzi at this point. I'm going to go over as well. All three of us are going over. But if Izzy doesn't play, are we sure that Rodney Hammond won't go for a buck 70 himself? It's an excellent point. That's why I feel comfortable taking the over. Okay, on the next one. This is my favorite one this week. Will there be more touchdown passes or interceptions thrown in this football game on Saturday? Well, statistically, interceptions should be the favorite. Both quarterbacks have more interceptions than touchdowns. Repeat that. Both quarterbacks have more interceptions of the year than touchdowns. One more time. Keaton Slovis, five touchdowns, six interceptions. Brennan Armstrong, six touchdowns, ten interceptions. Not good football. Best quarterback league in America. Just ask Pat Narduzzi. What happened? Uh, A bunch of coaching and coordinator changes happened. Still better than Spencer Petras. Go on. Okay. I'm, I'm taller than Muggsy Bogues. It doesn't mean anything. I'll start us off. Interceptions. I think there will absolutely be more interceptions thrown. I'm going with the numbers here. I'm going with the statistics. I think Pitt's defense has been playing well, but they're due for some turnovers, forcing some turnovers. And Keaton Slovis will probably throw a pick. And if if this year has shown us anything, he probably won't throw a touchdown, even though I picked him to throw one earlier. Um, I'm going interceptions here. Agreed. I'm I'm not even I don't feel the need to elaborate. I agree. I'm gonna take a draw. I'm gonna go one touchdown pass, one interception. Wow. Yeah. A little push action. Yeah, I think it's gonna push. That can is you, can you do that? Can you per- I don't see why not? I'm the one making the graphics, so I'm gonna put it on. <laughs> that is just so I mean that's sad. The answers we gave are sad for God. I hope pit basketball is good. Okay. Uh, first touchdown score. We know the new rules. Izzy is worth one point. I'll give you two points for Rodney Hammond and I'll give you five points for everyone else. Rodney Hammond. I was going to pick him, but I don't want to pick the same guy as you. So I'm going to go with Jared Wayne. I picked him last week. Eventually Jared Wayne's going to score. I, I just want to, talk this into speak this into existence for for hero soldier i'm just gonna be different and go with somebody who none of you are gonna expect i'm going i'm going with izzy who am i kidding if (laughs) izzy suits up he's going to score the first touchdown he'll take your point and and go home yeah fair enough fair enough well shout to hammond for uh breaking izzy's 10 straight touchdown streak yeah, that and all it took was Izzy just not playing. 
That's the only thing that could stop Izzy. All I'm oh. glad it's over, considering he didn't play. If he didn't play, or if it was still going, this show wouldn't be happening. <laughs> I was going to say, I w- we would not be on this Zoom right now. Okay. The spread is out. Pitt minus three and a half. And funny enough, I usually know the spread immediately, but I just didn't care to look this week until before we started recording and prepping for this episode. Three and a half. Does, does that feel right? I mean, UVA is bad, but they just played UNC really tough. I don't know. It's... I think I feel disrespected by that. But also, Being what favorite have... is enough for me. Yeah, what have we done? At this point. I, I feel like I could have seen any spread when I looked at this and had, I wouldn't have been surprised. So I think three and a half feels right. Um, I can kick us off. We want. Uh, I think. I think Pitt's defense has some things figured out. You know, they obviously played a backup quarterback last week. Brennan Armstrong isn't as bad as a backup quarterback, but although he's kind of playing that way this year, and with how bad UVA's offense has been, maybe, just maybe, Narduzzi can go back to the well with the running the ball 50 times and holding the other team to 10 points. So let's try it. Let's see what we can do. 24-13, Pitt Panthers, they cover the three and a half, and they get the win on the road in Charlottesville. I'm going to go Pitt 23, Virginia 17. I think those receivers will give us trouble, uh, even as bad as UVA's offenses looked. Uh, they'll get some points on the board, like you said, Dylan. I think this team is it's a little bit better than Syracuse, and that's what it comes down to when I'm making my prediction. They're not as bad as mediocre offense without their starting quarterback. And their defense is probably a little bit worse than Syracuse's. Give me 21 to 16. So pit covers and wins. All these scores are okay, but it just lends to another very boring game. Another we boring can we do another exercise here? What would you have predicted the score to be if we did a week one? Like 38-31 was around there last year. So uh, I don't know. 51-44 or something. 45-42. Yeah, that's probably closer to what I I mean, would last say. year was a 48-38 to 38 shootout. This year we're predicting whether or not one of the teams can break 21. Jordan Addison had over 21 points by himself last year against stop. Virginia. Stop bringing stop. him up. Stop. Just a oh. friendly reminder. Just a friendly reminder to all you college football fans out there. How quickly things can change. How quickly things can go north or south. Anywhere in between. Mostly south. Yeah, mostly south, especially for us. Or fly way out west and stay there for a full season and go to the NFL. All right, that's enough of, of him. That's enough of you, Squid. Can we get so some... how about Blake Henson? <laughs> I was going to say, can <laughs> we get some predictions for the basketball game on Friday? Yeah. Can we, can we throw that in? Why not? Sure. Talk basketball earlier on the pod. Go out on a high note. But Whatever. Let's just give score predictions. Pitt 72, West Virginia 68. Pitt 64, West Virginia 
Does this count towards the sports book? If you get it right, yes. You can you can have all the points you want if you hit it on the head. Pitt, 69. West Virginia, 68. Greg Elliott nice. at the buzzer. Zoo goes nuts. Pitt basketball's back, baby. Oh. oh. That'll be a nice little... Nice little ending to send you off on this episode. Hey, smile. Pitt won last week. Basketball team won. Still have a chance to go nine and four. Road to nine and four. Are we on that train? Can we sure get to the Belk Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Fenway Bowl? I mean, some of those are fun locations. If you want to, those all those all sound real. (laughs) (laughs) The Bad Boy Mowers Bowl. I think that's the one in. uh, I think is that the Pinstripe Bowl this year? I think it is. One of these days we'll we'll do a ranking of of the best sponsors for yeah college football bowl games. But I mean Duke's Mayo is number one. I raise you Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. I raise you the Idaho Potato Bowl where they dump a cooler full of French fries on whatever fourth place Mac team wins. Yeah, but they had a cooler of mayo last year and, and dumped mayo on the coach. You know where they got that idea? Idaho Potato Bowl. They should dump the mayo on the losing team's coach. That would be way funnier. We're so off the rails here. Okay. Let's call it a night. Let's call it a night, fellas. I'll see you down at the Pete on Friday night. And I'll see you on the couch Saturday morning. My goodness. Hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. Please win. Please win football and basketball.